Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast. The only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips and the best in alternative music. Um, every week, of course, for those uh, newer listeners, as well as uh, going through our um, picks for the week on the PGA Tour, we put a playlist together where uh, we pick some great tunes, alternative music tunes, which covers all kinds of an umbrella, uh, which I put out the playlist on Spotify uh, at the end of the uh, end of the show. So, um, so the only place to come for music and golf picks. Uh, my name is Martin Matthews. Of course, you can find me, those who don't know me, you can find me at SundogMonkey on Twitter and at The Golf Alternative. Uh, and, um, yeah, just a reminder, please do, if you are enjoying the pod, please do uh, give us a review, a five-star rating on Apple. Uh, the pod's obviously growing, but this really helps to sort of grow it further if we get those reviews and ratings on on, on Apple. So if you're enjoying it, please uh, uh, do let us know. So, um uh, yeah, so as always, we look to, of course, welcome a guest in each week. Uh, and I'm delighted to have joining me again this week a man who's been absolutely flying of late. Uh, he's been on the show a few times, and uh, uh, that's obviously not um, done him too much harm because he's uh, still managed to pick the winners across the globe. And that's uh, Jamie Worsley of Betting Odds. Um, Jamie, good evening. How are you keeping? Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Fine, fine. Good, 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 good. I'm sure you're better than fine because you've been on uh, some run of late. Uh, I mean, you've been you've been globe trotting it with your winners, haven't you? So, uh, for those who haven't necessarily picked up on some of your picks, because of course, not only do you do the betting odds previews for, um, uh, you know, the, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, but you're, you're a bit of an expert on the uh, uh, all the other tours out there, which I mean, there's so numerous of them, I don't even get a chance to look at them. So, so, so tell us how you've been doing it late, and tell us some some. some Put, put me to shame and tell us some of the winners you've had over the recent weeks. I think it's uh, um, six winners in the last five weeks across across the tours. You know, we have particularly done well on the women's tours last few weeks. I don't know if um, any any listeners will uh, any listeners would have followed me last year, but the women's tours were I made most of my profit last year, and this year I've been right. absolutely shocking. But I had a double. I had well, I, I had the LPGA. Your Ladies European Tour double last week, and then I backed up with another Ladies European Tour winner the week just gone. So fantastic. What, what, sort of, what sort of odds for? Um, I must admit, I, I um, did see my problem there. What, what... Um, I had a winner in Japan a few weeks ago, 100 to 1. Oh, fantastic. 50 to 1 winners, 50 to 1 winner last week on the LPGA. Yeah. Um, 40 to 1 winner on the LET. I'm trying to remember who it was. There's been that many. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, it's that block. There's so many winners, you can't remember who they are and what price they all, they all come, they all come um, you know, come all the same to you. But uh, no, I mean, I've obviously picked up on it on, on, on Twitter and you've been on a fantastic run of form. So uh, hats off to you, Jamie. I mean, I don't Thank know where you, you are. Uh, find, find the time to study all the extra extra tools. I mean, I uh, I struggled to find the time to, um, uh, you know, get to grips with uh, uh, one tour. So it takes um, a a lot of kudos because it obviously takes a lot of effort to dig into the stats and the research for um don't want to say the lesser tours because obviously the lpga isn't a less lesser mm. tour but the tours that maybe don't get the um uh the profile that uh obviously the pga and the dp yeah. world tour do and particularly if you're out in, on the japanese tour or, or, or whatever so um so yeah hats off to you it's been um yeah a fantastic yeah. run and, and long may continue hopefully i won't uh put the mockers on you this week so um <laughs> well i'm due a bad uh, week out i saw <laughs> well ho hopefully it's not this week hopefully you can bring some uh good good luck to the pod um it yeah. wasn't um i mean obviously we had a week off on the pod last week uh with it being the president's cup but um it wasn't the most auspicious um starts to the new season um 
uh, at Fortinet for us. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that one. Um, certainly wasn't my week. And, um, yeah, me, me neither. Yeah, so, uh, uh, but I mean, what a, what a finish that was. I mean, it seems oh, like uh, uh, a while ago. Have you, have you ever seen anything like that last no. two minutes? Um, well, I, yeah. I, bet I, I had a tweet ready to go talking about how well it is so good in, the, in yeah. these um, conditions, you know, under pressure. And then he went, I mean, you know, three putted from what was it? Three and a half feet. Absolute shock. Yeah. Of all yeah. people as well, he is so good under pressure, well, it usually isn't it? Yeah, you know, of course. And for those uh, for those who dabble on Betfair and like to buy the free money at 1.01 or something like that uh, on a late on a Sunday oh. evening, uh, I think a few people got their fingers burnt um, uh, because, um, yeah, obviously it looked like um, it was all, uh, all all over, of course. And um, yeah, um, obviously Max uh, Max chipped in, and then the rest was history. But it all happened so quickly, didn't it? One one second, Willits, you, you know, got one hand on the trophy, has a bit of a smile, went home, and chips in, and you still think, well, he's just going to roll the putt in. Yeah. Then. then as soon as he blasted the first one past, you thought. Hang on, don't fancy him for the second one. No, no, it was sure one. But, um, um, And then, um, obviously, we had some great action last week as well. Uh, before we talk about the President's Cup, of course, we had uh, Guido getting back in the winner's enclosure in uh, in France. Was was that, uh, how, how was that event for you? Did you uh, did you have any joy there at all? Or? No, a, a, a shocker. I, I, I was kind of glad in the end, though, because um, the week previous in the Italian Open, I had... Uh, Rasmus Hoygaard and George Casier right. for selections, and obviously they were they were banging it, weren't they? On Sunday, yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of glad when Guido come through and and beat the pair of them. <laughs> yeah, so well, yeah, uh, good to see him back in the winners' enclosure. Yeah. And you would think uh, he's only got to come uh, uh, continue to play sort of half solidly for you know the next nine, twelve months, and he's going to be in that Ryder Cup team, isn't he? Because they're going to want an Italian on home soil, and um, he's certainly got. Uh, uh, got the kahunas, as it were, under pressure. So, um, yeah, he, um, uh, he, he's, uh, he's looking good for a trip to Rome, albeit obviously a long, long way to go and a lot can happen. But uh, uh, President's Cup, did you did you watch much of that? I mean, it was always supposed to be a stroll in the park for yeah. the USA. And, uh, I mean, they never looked like getting beaten, but I think the internationals did enough to uh, make it interesting. Uh, did, did you catch much at all? Yeah, I, I, I dipped in and out. Um, like I said to you before we came, came on here, I said, Every time I, I seem to turn it on, you know, when the internationals blew out again to a good position, particularly on Sunday, you know, like we weren't yeah. at one stage, you know, in the projected standings, like maybe one point behind or something. I'm not yeah, quite sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those, and you often see it, don't you, in the, you know, with Ryder Cup or, you know, President's Cup. There's, there's always a point where you start thinking, well, if that game can be flicked and that one there, and they can just yeah. hang on in that one, that it's going to turn around. And of course, you know, 90 times out of 100 or nine times out of 10, it doesn't. But obviously, it did at the diner. And uh, uh, there was a point yesterday where, where it could have flipped around. Um, I think um, at the stage where sort of um, uh, Chauflay was in trouble and Finau was in trouble. But, um, I mean, Connors, uh, Corey Connors just had an absolutely shocking week on the greens. And um, yeah. he, he let Xander off yesterday. And uh, um, obviously, a couple of other uh, other matches. Um, That's kind um, of the story of the week, weren't it? From, from yeah, what I was yeah, reading. It was, um, yeah. Yeah, they struggled on the greens. And um, I mean, to be fair, obviously, a few of their team are players who do struggle on the greens. Obviously, Hideki, Corey Connors, mm. um, Adam Scott's been a lot better with the putter uh, over the last year or two, but he's susceptible to a short Yeah, I, don't, I still don't trust him. I don't care what the yeah. stats say. <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I know Siwoo had a great uh, week, week, but he's obviously not the strongest on the greens either. So uh, uh, so they had a few who you think um, uh, you wouldn't uh, really trust to sort of, uh, you know, be holding them under 
pressure, although as they see, we hold a couple of uh, uh, tremendous putts under pressure, and, and particularly obviously on the, on the last yesterday. So, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, um, I didn't have a bet on it at all, but uh, I really enjoyed watching it. And uh, of course, you know, the story from the international point of view with the with the Korean guys, uh, obviously Tom Kim, who was just sensational and uh, probably ran out of steam yesterday a little bit against uh, Homer, um, and uh, obviously Siwoo and. Um, I mean, uh, perhaps a uh, lower profile, but uh, KH Lee had a great week, and uh, you know, Sung Jae looked um, uh, in fine form as well. So, so I think they've got a lot to, um, y- you know, sort of a uh, a lot to be hopeful for. The uh, I know their team was decimated, and let's not go down the live route, but their team was decimated a bit by some of the. Uh, um uh, departures and uh I've, I've had a little bit of stick for a for a tweet i put out about uh jochen neiman sort of where i said that um he, he was probably uh you're thinking thinking what had he done and uh you know a few people came back to me and said well he's probably not even bothered watching he's probably just busy counting his money and having a yeah. good time on the beach somewhere so uh, yeah. um but um yeah, like, yeah i think there's a lot of lot of future in that international team obviously with the, with the korean guys first and foremost so uh so i think um you know they've um i don't think um they're, they're necessarily gonna uh be uh, second best all the way through in this over the forthcoming years i think they, they can build on the potentials as i say particularly around around the korean guys so um uh but yeah i enjoyed it so it was a great it was a great watch from my point of view and i, I like the fact that there was no big egos really in team usa obviously no no Bryson's, Brooks's, you know, feuding, no, no, Patrick Reed doing his thing. And, you, you know, they just, uh, everyone seemed to just be sort of pulling together as a team. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, I thought it was a really good watch. So, um, and I think we both got a couple of tunes actually to start off our musical picks. Um, I think we both got a couple of tunes. I'll, I'll let you go first with your first um, uh, President's Cup related um, uh, uh, tune, which I think relates to uh, one, of the, one of the Korean stars. Yeah, so. Related to Tom Kim, you know, because from one of the, the bits I saw and obviously following people on Twitter and seeing whether he was the star of the tournament, uh, the event, yeah. weren't he, really? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I've picked a song by Scottish rock band Twin Atlantic. I don't know whether you've heard of them. They were quite popular. I have, and, yes, yeah. yeah 10 yeah, or so years ago, and one of the biggest hits was a song called Hurt and Soul. So I've gone for that song. It's a kind of a play on, play on the word soul, because that's where, obviously, Kim's from in South Korea. Yeah. And I think Hurt and Soul describes him quite well, as well as being a very talented golfer. He's got a lot of hurt, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. No, that's um, I don't know the song, I know the band, but I don't know the song. But uh, yeah, he certainly was the heart and soul of their team, as I say. He ran out of steam slightly yesterday, but uh, um, you know, the way I mean, the way him and Siwoo were uh, dovetailing off of each other, um, uh, they were uh, they, they were going wild, and uh, actually, that leads me on to my my first song pick, uh, one that's probably a little bit before your time, um, but you might surprise me, and you might know, Jamie. Do you remember Kim Wild? Uh, is that name anything to you at all? Yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed, um, but uh, she had a big um, she had a big hit in the '80s, yeah. um, late '80s, uh, with a song called "Kids in America." Oh, so yeah, I yeah. thought, um, I'm, uh, I'm not that I young. Thought, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought uh, the Kims going wild would be because uh, they were going wild at various points uh, on the course over the week, and uh, obviously they were kids in America, particularly uh, Tom Kim. So uh, uh, I thought, um, uh, yeah, it would be um, a, a good tune. I think uh, in more recent years, Kim Wilde's turned up on turn up on tv in some kind of you know uh on gardening shows or something like that so uh um but um and there's also a great clip actually if you ever go on to twitter or youtube whatever uh there was a great clip of her i think she'd had one drink too many at christmas one year and she was on the tube 
And um, I mean, going back about sort of five years or so or something like this. Uh, and she started, she got up and started singing Kids in America on the tube in, in sort of central London. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't think people quite realised it was her, first of all. And then, um, you know, obviously she got a rousing reception and someone obviously filmed it and stuck oh. it on, on Twitter or whatever. So have a, have a look at that. So, uh, But it's a great song. It was, uh, uh, yeah, sort of one of those sort of, um, I don't know, sort of early early 80s, slightly new, new sort of cross between, I guess, new romantic pop punky sort of songs but um yeah so that's my first pick um and um let's move on to this week obviously uh what we're here for to talk about this week's golf and um uh on the pga tour it's the second event of the season and it is the sanderson farms championship uh and we are at the country club of jackson in mississippi uh and the event uh, i think this is possibly the where are we one two uh, i think this might be the ninth year we've been at um uh, yeah. the country club of jackson uh and it's a bit of a sort of mixed bag really um uh, from a history point of view i mean the course itself it's a it's a par 72 it measures just over 7,400 yards. Um, we have uh, Bermuda greens of the champion ultra dwarf variety. And uh, um, uh, I'm not going to pretend that I know the difference between champion ultra dwarf Bermuda and uh, uh, so other types of Bermuda. But it's interesting. It does... Um, crop up on some other courses uh from across um uh, across the season and um that'll time with a couple of threads on some of my picks um uh that i'm i'm going with so uh it, it's um normally a pretty low scoring event uh you know we're sort of down in the minus sort of 15 to minus 20 mark um there is a little bit of wind in the forecast this week for the first couple of days so that could rain scores in a little bit um but um there's a little bit of room off the tee and, and the challenge tends to be more around the greens. Um, uh, so, um, you know, some runoff areas, etc. And I think it might play reasonably firm this week. I don't think they've had a lot of rain in the area. So um, we, we might see reasonably firm conditions this week. Uh, but um, uh, how do you see this course playing? What, what are you looking for, uh, Jamie, in, in sort of the course characteristics, as it were? Yeah, surprisingly you know it, it's actually got quite a low percentage of fairways hit this course but yeah i think the reason why you find you know bigger hit there's a lot of bigger hitters who've gone well well here and there you know you look at yeah. guys like cameron champ who's won and uh, garcia burns players mm. like luke list have gone well as well it's the rough is borderline non-existent isn't it it's mm. easy to play out of so you know you can whack yeah. it. I, i've just played it very simple to be honest i think strong drivers preferably yeah. those who are lengthy off the tee but i don't know it's not necessarily a, not necessarily a necessity but I, I i prefer players kind of in that category and just as with most low scoring tournaments you know strong iron players going to be important and a good week on the green yeah it, it seems to me it seems to be and if you look at the role of honor as it were obviously you pointed out cameron champ and then there's some other big hitters of not see one but gone really well um trey mullinex uh, mm. uh i think was top five last year um year before uh chris ventura was um yeah uh, top top six or something or six or something like that and he was obviously a massive he's a massive hitter um so there's plenty of big hitters that performed well here but um then you know you you're sure to plodders have, have done pretty nicely as well obviously ryan armor's won here um, um cody gribble certainly not the longest off the tee nor nick taylor or peter malnati so i, I think to, to me it's like it's almost this might sound a bit obvious and but it's it's an event where each of the winners seem to have like a striking 
strength to them. It's not yeah. necessarily all rounders. So obviously Malnati, Gribble, really strong putters. Champ, you know, length off the tee. Burns, Garcia, um, Armo, just really solid tee to green players. So, um, so, so I think um, uh, I think it's not a jack of all trades sort of venue, as it were. And, and strokes gained off the tee seems sort of to have been quite a, a, a strong stat um, of, of winners over recent yeah. years. Um, so, uh, um, but uh, yeah, but other than that, it's a little bit of a, a mixed bag of winners as i say there's you know there's there's nothing really that links uh ryan armor and cameron champ together as a no, uh, as a, as a sort of back-to-back -back, um winners so um uh what, what i noticed from the point of view of the history is um where players come from seems to be quite key or where they're based uh i don't know if you picked up on this but uh um, it's not a place where I know Champ hails from uh, California, so he's possibly the exception on that front. But he went to college in Texas. Uh, there's a lot of Texas connections with the winner. Obviously, Garcia was based in Texas. Munoz is based in Texas. Champ's ba based in Texas. Cody Gribble's from Texas. Mm. Uh, so we got four Texas connections there. And if you look down on the leaderboard, there's quite a few others over recent years have got that Texas link. Uh, Burns is a Louisiana guy, obviously. Um, uh, Malnati's a Tennessee guy, uh, and actually, if you go back, because because this event's been played in Mississippi, obviously at you know Annandale, I think it was beforehand, and, and what have you. So it's been in Mississippi for quite a few years, of course. Um, well, it's always been in Mississippi, I think. But um, it, mm. if you go back prior to this venue, uh, you'll find sort of Scott Stallings, uh, Chris Kirk, so other guys with um, Mississippi connect, uh, sorry, with Tennessee connections winning here. So, uh, as well as, as I say, um, Malnati, who also was second here another year. So, so it, what, what struck me is, is basically it's very much the domain of, of players who are from those sort of southern states, you know. Texas, Louisiana, Texas, Louisiana, Tennessee, uh, which all sort of pretty much um, sur surround, obviously Mississippi and, and where we are this week. So, um, um, yeah, so that was um, that was something I noticed. But um, um, yeah, uh, weather-wise, uh, we're looking at um, a, a warm, dry week. Um, fingers crossed, we're not going to have any interruptions. But as I mentioned, no. um, uh, we do have a bit of wind in the forecast. Uh, first couple of days, obviously, that can always change, but that's uh, how it's shown at the moment. Um, and uh, betting market it's, it's dominated by sam burns did it did he uh appeal to you or do you think on the back of the president's cup um uh you, you'd want to give him a swerve this week yeah i mean i actually backed him in this last year when he won at 16 to one and i thought tempted yeah. it. it's not kind it's not really the kind of numbers picking an event like this were before burns and garcia i think all the previous six winners at this course have been that they'd won the first pga tour event here so it's kind of a course yeah. where guys break through on uh, before the uh, Garcia and Burns won the last couple of years, so it's not, yeah. it's not an event which I'd want to be diving on a ten to one shot personally. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that, and obviously, I think the President's Cup literal, literal and metaphorical hangover may well be, uh, um, you know, a factor. It's, it's obviously um, it was a long week for him, and I think he played every single match, although he didn't. Um, I mean, he played really well, but he didn't actually. I don't. He won a match, which um, I'm sure would have frustrated him. He, um, but uh, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with his form. So, so I, I was more than happy to swerve him. I must admit, um, Thigala did tempt me. I've been a bit of a fan of his over 
you know, recent uh, months, and uh, he so nearly delivered for us at Travellers. Uh, so uh, I'll be watching from slightly behind the sofa if he um, looks like uh, he's going to get that inevitable first win here this week. But at, at twenty to one, I was, you know, I, I won't lose too much sleep. Um, yeah, uh, is it, I'm assuming he's a player you like. So I think everyone likes him. But did he did he tempt you or any of the others down there at the um, shorter odds up to sort of thirty three to one or so? Tempt you? You know, the top of the market, um, there's a lot of players up there that if they weren't at the price they're at, you'd, you'd quite fancy them. I mean, Tegala is obviously one of them as well. Um, yeah, he's one that you expect to break through on the tour this season. He seems to have everything everything in his game, besides a bit of decision-making, I suppose, on a Sunday, which he'll get yeah, right eventually because he's only young, he's inexperienced. Oh, don't don't talk mistake. about it. I'm, I'm still having sleepless nights over the six at uh, TPC River Island, so it's not oh. going there on, on the 18th. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, any others there tempt te- te- you at all in, in the short Taylor Montgomery was one of the first players I wanted to look at this week, but as soon as I saw his price at under 30 to 1, I just, uh, it just wasn't of interest. But yeah, he's a player that I'd expect to match up quite well for this, uh, this course. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in doubles and uh, multiples across different events where you might put a few sh- shorter prices in, it might be worth, worth a shot. But he's not someone that I'd tip up in a preview, so to speak. At that price. Yeah, I mean, uh, anyone who's seen my preview already, obviously, will get to it. Will know that I'm um, rolling the, the dice at big odds this week across the board. But the one who I was slightly tempted by uh, down at short odds um, uh, was um, uh, well, it was a couple actually, but um, I guess shorter than sort of uh, you, you know any of any of the picks uh, um, that we're going with was uh, Grillo. But um, ultimately, mm. I thought uh, um, I can't, uh, I can't find my way to back him at um you know well 35 to 1 or 33 to 1 i don't know if you're looking for the eight places but uh he's the type of ball striker who obviously should thrive on this course and in that sort of garcia uh burns mold and um uh yeah he, he was tempting and i wasn't surprised to see him go go really well so um but um a mullinex at slightly bigger odds was was tempting because he seemed to hold his form really well yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. after the win obviously and, and there is uh and i'll touch on it later but there is quite a, seems to be quite a strong link with the barber soul and, and here and obviously played well here last year so um so he, he was tempting but um yeah i'm um uh, I, i'm sort of sitting it out at the beginning because uh, all mine are at bigger bigger prices so i'm gonna let uh, uh let you um uh, sort of take take things away and um uh give us um your uh, uh your first um f- first picks of the week um uh which i'm gonna let you do your first two because they're both at sort of reasonably um uh sort of shortish odds compared to mine so uh yeah far away right yeah i'm gonna start I start this week with uh austria's sep stracker at 41 i thought it was the best value of those at mm. in the top you know 10 20 in the market um he arguably has the best form coming into this event of anybody else in the field after finishing Second at the St. Jude, 28th at the BMW Championship, and seventh on his first go at Eastlake in his last three starts. Mm. Um, over, over those, I mean, obviously, the, the, the second at St. Jude was a combination of unfortunate and poor not to win, I suppose, on, on in that playoff, yeah. um, not taking advantage of the mistakes Alatoris was making. But he held yeah. that form afterwards, you know, carried on playing well. Every area of his game was firing over those events, um, mm. particularly his irons were, but he ranked fourth in approach at the Tour Championship and 13th at the St. Jude, his two best iron performances of the year. Um, mm. he, I quite like Bombers this week. And, well, not necessarily Bombers, but people who, like I said, who have length off the tee, he yeah. very much has that as well. Mm. He's, he's missed, even though he's missed the court every time he's played here, he, he's never come into the event in particularly good form, certainly not playing as yeah. well as he is at the minute. 
So mm. I'm not really concerned about those. And I kind of like, you know, the, the firm is is a decent, it's a, obviously a tougher course and it's more penal, mm. but it, it matches up quite closely from a ball striking perspective to, mm. to, to this tournament, though it's a lot, it's more difficult. Um, it's like a more championship test, obviously, up and uh, on and around the greens. Puerto Rico seems yeah. to match quite well. It's another course where big hitters go well and that you, you can get away with a bit of inaccuracy yeah. off the tee. You know, it, it, I just think he should be he should be brimming with confidence at the minute after the way he's played recently. Obviously, becoming a winner on tour as well uh, early in the year at the, at the under and yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm not overly concerned he's been missing for four weeks either um, because everybody's had a bit of a stop start um, mm. beginning to the season, haven't they, with the Presidents Cup last week? Yeah. So you know, no one's got into a proper rhythm after the Fortinet. So I'm not really concerned he's, he's had four weeks off and. Yeah, I just thought he was the best value of those at the front of the market. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of those. He's one of those players who um, uh, he can suddenly find his form at any given time. I mean, when he found his form at the St Jude, and the guys in the Sky commentary box, you know, kept going on about, you know, where's this come from? He's been horribly out of form, and blah blah blah. But if you look at his history over, uh, you know, going back sort of the two three years he's been on tour, not talking about sort of all uh, the three four years he's been on tour, not just talking about you know this year uh that's what he does he, he he plays absolutely rubbish and then suddenly he goes to a course that for whatever reason suits his game and suddenly finds it and pops mm-hmm. up with the top five or something so 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 that's his style so um he's in great form though as you say or was in great form at the end of last season and there's no reason unless he's um i guess the only, only risk is it's not so it's so much you say the four four weeks off it's whether he's just sort of rested on his laurels a bit at the yeah, end of uh, uh the end of, end of this what has been obviously a breakthrough breakthrough year for him so um but, but I mean, um at his best obviously he's gonna you've got guys like russell henley there who are uh his price and haven't yeah. won for how long and don't look yeah, yeah. Win in contention either so yeah yeah, yeah. It's cracking value compared to some of those shorter than him this week yeah, no, I, I, I'm, um, I can see that, and he's a player I like. So he's done me a few favours at big, big odds. I wasn't on him when he went at the Honda. But he's done me a few favours at big odds each way over, over the last few years. So um, uh, I can see that, and uh, then you've got another one who is a bit of a, a uh, bit of a big, big hitter at uh, slightly bigger odds. I think for your, for your second selection. Yeah, I, I backed him last week in London. Um, I'm going back in on him again this week. It, it was 64 last week, which looks disappointing, but. You know, there were some positives in his game. He, he hit his iron, another one who hit his irons well, uh, ranking seventh in the field and put it well for the first couple of rounds. You know, this course should suit probably more, you know, in hindsight, should suit a bit more than last week. You, you, you're allowed a bit more of a miss off the tee, I suppose, around here than you were um, at the Fortinet. Uh, it, mm. Even though he drove it poorly at the Fortinet, his, his driving at the end of last season was top quality and ended up finishing the season mm. ranked 43rd overall. And again, I'm not... The first event of the new season, I'll, I'll give him a pass for the poor driving last week, considering mm. how well he was driving at the end of last season. Because if he returns to that kind of driving form with the, with the rest of his game, this should be the type of course which which will suit him. You know, even though he missed the cut here last year, he, he opened with a sixty-seven and was he was seventh, I think, after the first round. And I think he he was one of the top few in the field in that first round in ball striking, so he can clearly hit it well around here. Um, form uh, he's got another one with form at the Farmers. Colonial is, is a course which seems to have a lot of form ties um, with this week. You've got Burns has obviously won there, yeah. and guys like David Tom, Boo Weekly, um, mm. a couple of others who've won there and had second place finishes here. Uh, Chris mm. Kirk, I think, uh, as well as another one, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the course, I just fancy him. So, maybe one what he did last week, and uh, you know, maybe last week uh, shook a bit of rust off, and this week he'll be more ready to go. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I was just uh, sorry, I didn't mean to but in there. Sergio's won at both tracks as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I picked you right. There is a, obviously a link there with um, uh, Colonial. So, so yeah, Woodland's one of those guys. I mean, he's obviously a class act in in this field. And um, I, I know um, uh, Ben's been Ben Cody was on him at the Fortinet when uh, he was on uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago. And uh, um, I think he takes a view that um, it, you know he's uh, he's going to come. He's obviously showing signs. He's going to come good again yeah. one week and then uh suddenly you'll be uh looking at it thinking okay so we've got gary woolland at 50 to one and taylor moore at 50 to one you know who who would you rather be on down the stretch sort of thing well, so uh, uh with no disrespect to taylor moore obviously but um yeah so i i can see the logic of uh uh why it appeal at those odds absolutely 100 percent. and um uh, and i'll let you i'm gonna let you pick another tune because you mentioned it's quite a uh you know obviously woodland's a big hitter and some bombers have done well here and i think you've got a got got a tune that yeah, uh, fits the bombers it were. Yeah, I've gone very literally with um, you know, uh, motorhead bomber. <laughs> are are you a motorhead fan? Um, you know, I, I like a, a few songs. Ace of Spade. This song's quite good, and you know, I I was a big wrestling fan as a kid, and they did the theme tune to Triple H. The wrestlers, uh, not the theme tune, the walk on music. Sorry. So yeah, I mean, I like I like a bit of heavy metal. And did they do they so so is this wrestling again i'm showing my age here but this is obviously uh wrestling us styles yeah this thing, is WWE, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, we're, we're not going back to um yeah. yeah we're not going back to itv on a saturday afternoon when we had giant haystacks no, against no. Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh rollable rocco for those who remember their wrestling back in the day on, on itv in the afternoon um but um yeah i've, I've never sort of really uh not that I watched much of that back in the day when I was a kid, but uh, never watched much uh, WWE. But M Motorhead did the theme tune for it, did they? Um, uh, no, WWE? no. There's a wrestler called Triple H, one of the biggest wrestlers there, and he used to use one of their songs as his walk-on music. Oh, right. Got you. Okay. So, um, yeah, and so that was where you... He performed at a few live shows and things like that um, over the years, you know, yeah. sing singing him out, as it were, into the ring. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I never knew that. And uh, obviously, God rest his soul, Lemmy's no longer with us, is he? So, no. um, yeah. But uh, I learned something new there. I never knew there was a connection between uh, WWE and Motorhead. So, um, not that I'm a ginormous Motorhead fan, but obviously, like you, I like a few of their, their tunes. So, um, yeah. So, don't forget, you can listen to the playlist uh, when we put it afterwards on, on Spotify. And there'll be some uh, uh, Motorhead on for the first time this week. Uh, see that pick from Jamie. Um, I'm going to, um, otherwise, uh, it'll, I'll, I'll be having all my picks at the end. So, I'm going to roll out one of my selections now. Um, even though he's slightly bigger odds than uh, uh, a player that uh, we're both on, but I'm going to going to roll out one of my picks, uh, who is Hayden Buckley, um, and um, uh, he's available 125 to one, or at least he was um, a, a, an hour or so ago, and I hope he still is, uh, and. Um, yeah, I was actually on him this event last year at uh, 200 to 1. And I was pleasantly surprised as to how his odds had held up this year because obviously he's a much more of a known quantity now than he was this time last year. Um, this week actually did us a huge favour. And this this week um, uh, proved to be his highlight uh, result-wise of the season. He was actually mm. fourth here. Uh, and my, my logic in going with him last year, it's almost identical to my logic in going, going this year, is that... Uh, um, he very much fits the mould of the sort of um, strong tee to green player who has performed well here, particularly off the tee. Um, he's um, obviously right up there in the uh, strokes gained off the tee statistics uh, and um, driving accuracy as well. Uh, and um, obviously finds plenty of greens. So, uh, so there's certain type of courses he's going to perform well at. Um, 
He's another guy who comes from Tennessee, so he gives us that Tennessee link. Uh, he's always, to me, going to produce his best stuff on the sort of, again, the sort of southern eastern uh, states. Um, he won on the um, Corn Ferry over in Florida, I believe. So, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, he's... Uh, um, this is always going to be his type of event, and um, he showed that last year, uh, put in a really good performance to finish fourth. Um, uh, and um, he did basically his week before was almost identical to what his first outing of the season was, um, this time around, and he missed the cut at the Fortinet, uh, but um, hit it really well off the tee and puzzled appallingly. So, uh, and that's exactly what he's done, almost mirrored his score from, from mm -hmm. last year. Uh, so he's pitching up here in a very similar um, um, situation, but he's got another 12, well, he's got 12 months obviously under his belt on the PGA Tour. Uh, some experience on this track, good vibes to come back to. And um, whilst this was his best result of last season he played really solidly for the second half of the season he, he made every cut from june um uh i mean he was he showed up very nicely first couple of rounds of the us open um mm. and um caught the eye there and then um uh, basically from there on in uh he was um yeah he, he was really solid so you know there's a lot to like about um uh you, you know his um trajectory shall we say uh and i was presently surprised to see 125 to one so yeah. uh, i was um uh, quite happy to go in and again on him so he's yeah. uh, i had a meal last year as well too yeah yeah i think so, i think he actually lives in mississippi as well by the way as well as does he i did well i certainly didn't i thought he was a florida guy but i'll stand corrected and obviously delighted if he does so um uh yeah so he's um yeah he's certainly someone that um as i say i wasn't expecting him to be the odds um he was based on you know how solid been solid he's been ended last season and uh, um how well he played it last year so i was quite happy to take 125 to one so um and i'm gonna roll another song out now and um <clears throat> i'm not ashamed to say that i've been waiting all year to put this song on the pod um so uh call, call it sad if you like but when i started uh um you know we, when we launched the pod earlier in the year and i was thinking of the events that we have to come uh at um different times of the year and i thought of the sanderson farms and uh I thought of their uh, chicken trophy uh, that gets given out. You've probably seen the trophy with a big, big chicken on it. Um, my thoughts immediately went to Manson and Take It Easy Chicken, um, which is, um, I don't know, do you know this song, Jenny, at all? No. No, okay. Re I recommend you listen to this song because you like your Oasis, don't you, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, um, so Manson were a band, um, they were in a Britpop band, if you like, from the um, early 90s. Um, their name originally was Manson, as in uh, Charles Manson, the um, obviously um, uh, the the convicted murder, obviously notorious killer, um, and um, not necessarily a very good name for a band. And I think they realised fairly clearly that, that wasn't going to stand them I in mean, the good stead. Was a bit too controversial, so they changed the name from Manson to Manson, as in sunshining m-a-n-s-u-n uh, oh. and they went on to be pretty successful uh, but this was actually their first ever single and um to me it's their best track and uh uh it's uh yeah it's a really really good tune it's got a really good sort of um guitar riff that goes through it um i actually <clears> seen <throat> them live in leads at um um a place called the cockpit club um uh at, uh where they had live bands and uh really good club night and had a mate who was at uni up there and i went to see them when they were sort of uh just um, starting off and this was obviously their, their their big tune in their set so uh uh yeah so it's a, it's a belting song um and um it's uh, been something i've been waiting to put on the pod all year so uh manson and take it easy chicken is my next track um and um yeah 
back to the golf and uh, I'm going to let you run us through this next pick because this is uh, a player that we're, we're both on this week who's uh, um, at uh, three-figure odds. So we're jumping slightly around in the odds. But um, yeah, tell us about this uh, this next guy that uh, we're both on, um, Jamie. Yeah, well, uh, Will Gordon's the first of three Colm Ferritor grads that I've got coming up now over my last few picks. He's, he should be well suited to this, again, this type of golf course. He's a strong ball striker. Remember when he first came onto it? I think he had um, his first PJ Tour start was in the Barracuda Championship, I think, and I, I actually backed him in that at five hundred to one. Right. And he was in contention going into the final round. And so ever since then, he's a player that I've always looked out for. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had such a fantastic start to the season. I think last week. I mean, he only finished what was it in the end uh, thirty six. But he was so good uh, mm-hmm. with his ball striking. Yeah, he eight, eight, eighth off the tee and twenty first in approach. I think he was the fourth best ball striker in the field for uh, over the week. Which mm. is just typical of the kind of form he's shown when he's played PJ Tour events and then going on to the Corn Ferry Tour last season. All the stats aren't quite as reliable, but he ranked eighth in ball striking there and, you know, his fifth in driving distance and 13th in greens in regulation. It is, he's, he's going to be well suited to this test, which he, you know, he can't, he's kind of shown in his, um, in a couple of visits here. He did miss the cut the first time, but made the cut on his second visit, which I always think is a positive for a young player who, who's only just coming through. Um, mm. So and I'm also, uh, it's also a positive. I think that he, he doesn't come into the event blind. He's seen the course before. He knows how he plays. It's it's not going to come as a shock to him. Yeah, I'd agree with every, everything you said there. Um, I mean, when he got his because um, basically he got his card, didn't he? On um, sort of he had um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tem- temporary membership. He secured yeah. himself and uh, uh, just on a few starts through um, uh, 2020, I think it was. And uh, uh, interestingly, his best performance came at the Travelers, uh, which um, coming back to Thigala, obviously who was um, mm. uh, you, you know obviously really prominent here last year, and of course uh, uh, you know as, as, as we were discussing earlier, went really close at TPC River. Island, so there's a a nice little link there, and um, he lost his way, didn't he? The season after, he lost his uh, yeah. uh, when he had his first full season, he, he lost his car, played pretty poorly, but um, his best effort actually came at the Palmetto, uh, which has um, uh, the similar uh, ultra dwarf Bermuda greens, um, so that uh, uh, tie, ties in nicely at Congaree, uh, a venue we're going to be seeing in a few weeks' time, actually, aren't we? So because um, uh, they're using it for the CJ Cup this year, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he performed really well there, and um, yeah, like like you, I I, I picked up on his, his strong tee to green play uh, uh, and performance off the tee. Uh, um, uh, you, you know, at um, at the Fortinet uh, opening up, and of course, he got the win recently. So he's going to be yeah. buoyed by that, isn't he? He's going to still be hugely confident for that. So, um, uh, so I'm, I'm with everything you're saying there. So um, I, yeah, I would say a couple of starts before that uh, win he got on the Corn Ferry Tour. I was I was having a look at. Possibly, you know, because we've just got we've got a, a large bunch of um, obviously Corn Ferry Tour graduates who've just come through. Mm. Trying to look for a correlating course on the Corn yeah. Ferry Tour for those players, and it's fifth in the U- uh, Utah Championship was the best one um, I came up with as a correlation. Uh, it's, mm. quite, it's another it's a long course where fairways are relatively generous, greens are quite easy to hit, and the scoring's low. Mm. Cameron Champs right. won. Cameron Champs won, uh, won the. Uh, right, okay. Sam Burns has finished third. The uh, Venture has won the. Who we obviously mentioned before, Buckley's had a second there. Right, um, okay. Sebastian Munoz has had a top six, and Seth Reeves has gone well there as well before he's got a couple of good efforts here at the Samson Fair. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I thought that might be an interesting course to look at for these players who've just come up and have a look at who went well in it last year. 
Yeah, well, that's that's really. I must admit, I hadn't picked up on that course. The one, if we're talking about correlating corn ferry events, um, the one I had picked up on is is um, the Victoria National that yeah. they now use for the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, and that ties in with um, Ryan Armour, Cody Gribble, Seamus Power. They've they've all performed yeah. well in both but, events, and I actually hate that's part of why I actually shot Hayden Buckley last year because he'd finished fourth at that Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Yeah. Um, you know, on that course, a couple. That was my second favourite one, actually. I actually looked at that, that. That was the one that ran Utah close for me. Top yeah, one. yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah. Must admit, well, thank you for the Utah one because I hadn't picked up on that. So, uh, um, so yeah, I'm with you all the way on 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 Will Gordon. Um, and uh, like you, I'm I'm going down the um, uh, Corn Ferry uh, uh, grad route um, a, a fair bit. And um, uh, my next pick uh, is. Uh, um, jumping on the bandwagon, you might say, but uh, I'm going down the Korean route, uh, and it's um, S H Kim. I'm not going to attempt to do the pronunciation um, uh, of the full uh, full version because I'll probably get it wrong. I need my need our man Kenny Kim for that. But uh, so we're going to refer to him as S H Kim, which seems to be what he's he's, he's known as on on the yeah. um, on the tour website and stuff. Anyway, so uh, and um, of course, there's an obvious you know he'll be inspired by the performances of Siwoo and Tom Kim and and what have you, uh, which I'd like to think he will be. But um, there's a little bit more to it than that, of course. Uh, and um, whilst he's not necessarily going to be in Tom Kim's pedigree long term, there's no doubt he's got the potential to be a really top class player. Uh, he's got three international wins already, um, won the Japanese PGA in 2021. Um, and um, basically first time of asking on the Corn Ferry Tour last season, uh, took a month off as well and still uh, um, still managed to comfortably secure his card with some um, re really good performances. Uh, he bases himself, like a lot of the Koreans, in the Dallas area, so that gives us that um, Texas connection again. Um, and um, what I thought was interesting was that, um, again, his uh, best performances on the Corn Ferry very much came in in the sort of uh, areas that um, for someone who's sort of based in that Dallas area, you would expect him to perform best at. So he uh, uh, he lost out in a playoff uh, at the Lake Charles Championship in Louisiana, which neighbours Mississippi in those that sort of southern area. Uh, he performed really well on the Bermuda as well over in Florida at the Lecom Classic. Um, so, you know, we're looking for him in these um, southern states again. And um, uh, he played really solidly over at the Fortinet, which isn't necessarily what I expect him to play really strongly at um, over on the West Coast. Uh, and looking at his stats, you know, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on him, but looking at his stats, he's, he seems to be at his strength on and around the green. So um, he's um, not necessarily your, your ball striker type, but he seems to be really strong on the greens and around the greens. Uh, and, um, you know, that sort of led me to thinking that he could be of the sort of Malmati gribble type mould of a player who's performed really well here. So, uh, and then the final piece of the jigsaw, and I, I don't know if you know why he withdrew, um, actually, uh, Jamie, but um, uh, he was playing really well at the aforementioned Victoria National through three rounds. He was right in the mix and then withdrew before, didn't play the final round. So I don't know if he just picked yeah, up an injury or an illness or something, but um, uh, but uh, yeah, he was, um, he was right in the mix. He was three off the lead or something going into the final round. So again, we got that nice link there with um, uh, Victoria National. Yeah. So um, so SH Kim for me. Uh, yeah, it's it an interesting one this week for me as well. I think um, he's a player following the, uh, I remember from the Japan tour, I think he shot a 59 on the Japanese tour. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. He's a player I, I associate yeah. with going low. So if, if the conditions are as scorable as usual this week, he's, he's, he could be a player, definitely. 
Yeah, no, if he gets, obviously, he seems to have a hot putter. Um, his putting stats were really good um, over on, on the Fortinet. And, you know, that mirrors with, obviously, uh, his overall stats on um, Corn Ferry last season. So, um, so, so yeah, my hope my hope is that uh, he can take a little bit of inspiration from, uh, obviously, what his fellow countrymen did yeah, last yeah. week. And um, uh, and uh, he certainly looks to have, you know, he certainly got the class to win out here, obviously. So, um, yeah. So, um, so, so that was my next selection. And before we roll on to uh the rest of our corn furry grads and so we're flitting about any odds slightly but um i believe you've got another one shall we say of the more uh experienced campaigners oh, at, yeah. um, at two 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 figure odds so um yeah tell us about that yeah I've, um, a bit like woodland i've gone back in on brendan Steele this week after backing him at the fortnight i mean it was so far over pair after just a few holes there that I lost interest in him. Uh, he played terribly in the first round, shot five over, just nothing, no part of his game was firing, but he improved massively, particularly in, well, not just particularly, only in the balls. He was quite forceful with the short game, but his ball striking was a lot better in the second round. He, he ranked seventh in approach and tenth off the team in that second round. He was the best ball striker in the field. Um, it's a lot more like it for a player that you associate strong ball striking with. You know, he was six off the tee. Uh, last season on tour, 43rd in approach. And this that was part of a strong finish to the season for him where he had a top 10 in the PGA Championship and was top 10 at Memorial as well. I think he, he, did, he, he made a poor, but I, I was on him at quite a big price. So he only made a, a poor bogey on the final hole to drop out of a full place and into you know, yeah. a 10-way tie for 10th or something like that mm. and minimal returns. But he's, he was playing quite well at, at the end of last season. I mean, his short game been poor, was poor last week. And... Uh, He's not a player you often associate with a good short game, but towards the end of last season, he wasn't he wasn't um, setting it on fire, but he, he was when he was losing strokes, he was losing less strokes, should I put it? Mm. So there was a bit there was a bit more positivity in his short game. He's been solid on a couple of efforts here, you know, uh, particularly his seventeenth here last year, and mm. did everything pretty well. Which uh, particularly putting, which I, I saw as a positive, he actually um, shot his at his best tournament with the putter at this golf course last year you know mm. it's the entirety of last season sorry you know including mm. the, the wraparound season at the end of last yeah, season yeah. And his two wins at the force and i think should stand up well here there's quite a, a decent amount of correlating form with last week's course um you know cameron champ comes in again as, yeah as of course yeah nick, yeah yeah nick taylor's had plenty of uh, he's had quite a few top 10s burns has had a top mm. 10 luke list has gone well there before mm. uh, yeah, it's it's easy to jump off a player after after the player so poorly. But I just think there was a reason I backed him last week and first event of a new season. Everybody's a bit rusty, aren't they? And mm. I thought I'd give yeah. him another go to course, which again should suit him. He's firing. Yeah, and obviously it's the time of year he's won twice, that, isn't yeah, it? Exactly, so he yeah. obviously enjoys playing at this time of year in, in you know the, these full events. You get certain players who um always play well this time of year. So um yeah, and, and like like we said earlier, you know, there's been some really strong ball strikers that have excelled where, here over the years. Obviously Garcia an obvious one. So um so yeah, he's the, he's the, he's certainly the type of player who could uh, uh could, could pop up. So um yeah. Okay. So we move on, and now we're getting into uh, the, the three-figure picks. Um, so uh, I'll uh, I'll roll one out, and then you can uh, roll roll one out, as it were. So uh, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so my first of um, my my last three at sort of big odds is um, uh, Austin Eckroat, and uh, he's another rookie, obviously. Uh, and um, he's available 150 to one, fifth of the odds, first eight. Uh, and I guess a little bit um, like S.H. Kim, who sort of, you know, 
seems to be the way these these days with the really talented rookies. They sort of uh, uh, get out for their first season on the Corn Ferry Tour and find find a way to wrap their card up. Um, uh, Ekro, what he did reminds me quite a lot of um, uh, what Thigala did last year, actually, on the Corn Ferry, which is he didn't have full status at the beginning of the season uh, and then sort of played his way in via conditional status. And I think he had to post a some top 25s or something, which he managed to literally do just to then get some um, full status for the rest of the season. And then right at the end of the season, he, he produced a couple of big results that got him into the Corn Ferry Finals. And then uh, in the Corn Ferry Finals, he um, uh, did what was needed by finishing second at the aforementioned Victoria National, which obviously flags up um, uh, for this week uh, to get his full card. Um, so he's, he's obviously, um, you, you know, he's sort of raced through the Corn Ferry this year and, and got his got his full plan rights. And, and he's a player with, with pedigree. He was on um, the Oklahoma State team, which uh, uh, he played alongside um, Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolfe, uh, obviously Ventura, who we, we've mentioned a couple of times. So, um, and, and the Edestella amateur record. So um, he, he certainly looks like a player who can go on to do things on on, on, on the PGA Tour. Um, obviously, you can say that a lot about a lot of guys who haven't yet done so, but uh, he, he looks like um, he's got the pedigree to go on and perform at this level. Uh, and um, he's, um, yeah, he, he, he just, again, caught my eye with... Um, uh, a solid performance over on the, uh, the West Coast at the Fortinet, uh, where uh, he closed a disappointing 77, but um, uh, he was strong off the tee, uh, ranking 12th off the tee for the week and 21st in accuracy. So again, what we're looking for uh, this year. Uh, and um, uh, I do like the fact also that um, he's... Um, uh, basically an Oklahoma guy through and through, which means we know he can play in the wind, I would assume, anyway, because uh, they all can from, obviously, Oklahoma. And um, he um, uh, obviously, therefore, could uh, could be right at home if the wind does pick up a bit over the first couple of days. So uh, so I, I was quite happy to, you know, he's on a bit of a roll at the moment, obviously, having just uh, wrapped his card up at uh, the end of last season. Quite happy to, to roll the dice with him. So it's um, uh, Austin Eckroat for me. Uh, and um, I believe you've got another uh, bit of a superstar in the making uh, there, uh, another um, uh, East Coast guy uh, amongst your selections. Yeah, I thought um, Davis Thompson, he's my next uh, player at 125 to 1. I thought it was most interesting, probably. The, uh, Bear Justin So, who I have quite a checkered pass with, backing him multiple times on the conference all last year. But I thought outside of So, I thought Thompson was probably the, the next best. He's a former number one amateur who won for the first time as professional last year on the Corn Ferry Tour. He was excellent at the Fortinet, uh, just two, I think he was just two off the lead going into the final round. He faded in the final yeah. round, but didn't play too badly as a shot-level pair, which is mm. understandable for a player of his experience. Um, he did everything well over the week. Uh, gaining, I think he gained strokes in every area of his game, mm. no weaknesses. On, on last week and the handful of starts he's had on the PGA Tour, he's another one who's a strong ball striker, he's another one who hits it for... Was 14th on the corn ferry tour last season in ball striking and sixth in driving distance. Um, he played here last year, finishing 35th, shot under pair every round, and was good. Tita Green ranked 25th. And mm. uh, as I've said with Steele, I, uh, I like the Fortinet as a comp. So obviously, that ninth two weeks ago should work here. Just think mm. he, has a high, he, he has a higher ceiling than the majority of the corn ferry tour graduates, sure, yeah. but I'd say, I mean, looking at the majority of the players who, who are still there from the PGA tour, if it is like, You'd hope he would do. He has a higher ceiling than the majority of players in the field. Mm. 
Yeah, no, he, he's obviously another, you know, of course, there's so, so many of them, but he's another star in the making. And uh, uh, he's, he's very much obviously a bit of a rough diamond still, isn't he? And, and like you yeah. say, he could, uh, I think, did, did he not have a 63 on the Saturday at the Fortinet or something? 65. To 65 to vault himself up the field. Yeah. And, uh, um, and uh, I guess that's what you're going to potentially get from him. Sort of 65 could be followed. I mean, no, it wasn't, but it could be followed by a 75 because he's that, uh, uh, you know, type of player, isn't he still? So, um, but um, yeah, he's obviously uh, someone to keep on side. So I, uh, that makes perfect sense to me. So, um, and, and I guess, you know, this is a sort of week where, as you say, it's been um, a good hotbed for uh, first time tour winners. And it's the sort of week where, um, you, you know, between between us, we've probably got about um, eight of the Corn Ferry graduates or six of them, and uh, <laughs> uh, and there's probably another three or four who could quite easily pop up that we have. I actually, um... quite, I quite like. I've seen a few people say <laughs> it's not a strong bunch, but I, I I think what I get from that, I think there's a lot of winners amongst them. Maybe not, yeah. include, you know, maybe they're not going to be the, the, the like drive it like Rory and hit the Ryan's like Morikawa, but there's some of them that just yeah. have that a bit. Look like they have that ability to win to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I'd agree with that. Players, I would say there's, there's quite a few of those types in there. I think will just pop up in contending tournaments. They don't expect them to. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And actually, sorry, talking about iron play, I forgot to mention with Ekro. Another thing I liked about him is uh, uh, his T degree stats on um, on the Corn Ferry Tour last season were really, really solid. I think he mm. was um, uh, sixth from um, T to Green possibly for the season, um, and um, seventh in sorry, se seventh in. Um, uh, six in ball striking and seventh in greens and regulation on, on the Corn Ferry last season. So he, he's the type of tee to green player who, who again, has sort of thrived on this course over the years. So um, so uh, my next selection, and uh, I'm going Swedish for my next one, uh, my next pick. And um, this is a guy who really does excel from tee to green, and it's um, Vincent Norman. Uh, and he, he's another guy who obviously... Um, uh, you know, there's a high ceiling for, and it was interesting talking to Ben about the Corn Ferry graduates um, a couple of weeks ago on the pod, and he very much said that, you know, he thought perhaps the ones that would be more, most interesting would be um, the European guys, and obviously I think Vincent Norman is someone he he, he certainly likes, and um, uh, I was happy to chance about 175 to 1, because um, this does look very much like his type of track along you know the lines of as i say uh, uh the ball strikers who have really flourished here o o over the years um uh uh his stats from from tee to green are by far and away his, his best um uh best effort um, or best uh, uh best area if you like and uh he was fourth off the tee uh at the fortinet uh and he was 15th from tee to green so um so again um although he he sort of um finished down the field well I say down the field he was 36 at the fortinet uh really caught the eye off off, off the tee and with the long game uh and that uh ties in with all of um all, all of his stats from last year as well he was right up there in the first um you, you know top top five or whatever and uh uh, in the sort of ball striking and tee to green areas on on, on the Corn Ferry last season, so um, so so yeah, he, he, he's um, he's a player I like, uh, and um, he's a player who obviously showed some really good form uh, when um, he first came out on the DP World Tour in twenty. Um, 21 um got uh, got some really solid results and then he was heading straight out uh, uh to play the corn ferry um he went to college in florida he's based out in florida so he's another guy i'd expect to um be comfortable on the bermuda greens uh and um i guess it's um 
you know, probably something or nothing. But uh, uh, Henrik Norlander, a fellow Swede, has a really good record at this track as well. And he's a, a, also a very solid ball striker. So, um, uh, yeah, I can see uh, Norman following in his footsteps and um, uh, and performing well here. So, um, so it's, um, yeah, Vince Norman at 175 to 1 for me. Uh, and if nothing else, it gave me a chance to put a Swedish band on. Uh, do you know the Warner Dyes, Jamie? No. No, okay. You're getting, a, you're getting a musical education this week a little bit. Um, uh, the Wanna Dies, they're a bit, um, they're, they're a sort of punky, choppy guitar band, a little bit like the Pixies. Um, but they, had, they actually had one really big hit, which you probably will know, called the You and Me song, which was um, actually not punky poppy at all but more of a sort of catchy hook tune and that was uh i think it was used in a car advert as well or something oh. so um so um yeah that's a, that's a really big song that you would know if you heard it uh but i had this fantastic album called bagsy me um and on it was a song called shorty and um i particularly like that so uh, i'm gonna go with that one uh, i've no idea whether um vince norman is a shorty or if he's six foot four um but they're swedish and so is vince norman so it's the one of eyes for me and shorty um which is um uh, a belting tune so um yeah so i think we've got a couple of picks left haven't we um uh, and uh, i'll let you go with um your final one because <clears> my <throat> last one is a really speculative big odds play um so um yeah tell, tell us your uh, final selection yeah i'm gonna go with the let's call him eccentric Carl yuan um who had a fantastic year on the corn for it all last year he's a bit of a character but he has the talent to back it up he was second on the money list there last year we picked up a win. I think he had three seconds and another three top fives. Another power pack ball striker, uh, fifth in driving distance on tour last year on the Conferry Tour, sorry, and eighth in greens and regulation. Uh, greens regulation. I also noticed it, it was quite, it struggled on the greens for uh, the two previous years and he improved that this year. So that, that's another positive in him. It was on show, even though he missed the cut last week, his, his strong ball striking game was on show. It was his well, Tita Green actually. Um, he, was, he was good across all areas, Tita Green, ranking 47th in the first round and 10th in the, in the second round. Unfortunately, it was that it was the demons with a putter that returned and he lost yeah. five strokes in the opening couple of rounds, which is, is gonna derail anybody. Um, yeah, I just he just he ticks the box, um, in terms of his, his ball stri striking prowess and he's. Speaking about those types of players a minute ago, those who just look like they have, they have the ability to win, you know, he won in China, I think he was back in 2017, 2018, and obviously mm. got his first were on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, all those contending performances. I, I think he's a player who's going to make a noise at this level. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and as you say, he's... Uh, I mean, it's funny because so sometimes, and um hope you're not the case for him, but sometimes the guy who comes through and leads the corn ferry tour doesn't necessarily automatically you know produce um a stellar year the following year but um obviously sometimes they do some jm of course has, has gone on he led, led the corn ferry tour i think from literally week one to the end of the end of the regular season or something so uh so it's never it's never quite sort of a guarantee that the guy who um i mean stefan jaeger might be a good example um uh, and uh, i should say someone i i considered reasonably strongly this week but he's uh uh he's over the years been prolific on the corn ferry tour and, and then not necessarily turned it in on the um uh pga tour um but uh, as you say ewan looks looks sort of um you know he's got something about him so uh, yeah. um and um yeah he's in... there's a confidence about him you know when you see yeah. him you know being interviewed and when you see kind of see him out on the course he just looks like a player who, who believes in himself 
Yeah, and I think that's uh, as important as looking at any of it. We look at all these stats every week, and the one stat which we can't see is actually, you know, mentality of players. You know, you only yeah. see that, I suppose, by wins and how, how, they, how they play in contention mm. by using your own eyes rather than statistics. It just looks like that type to me. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, I, I can see that, and uh, uh, I guess these next few weeks will will tell us a lot more about you know some of these these corn free credits between yeah. now now and Christmas, obviously, and of course they have the reshuffle and what have you. But um, um, but uh, yeah, of course, um, you know some of them often get off to a good start. So we saw it at Buckley last year, who popped a fourth place in here, and then followed up with an eighth place at uh, the Shrine as the following week. So um so there's no doubt that um it's a time to jump on board and uh, i've i've actually in this event i've been pretty yeah. successful over the last few years i backed um you know with the each way on, on on the guys that come off the corn free tour uh someone who obviously i gave him a look this week because um uh because of what he did here for me a few years ago but i was on uh, anders albertson a few years yeah. back here uh where he when he placed um and um he, he's available at huge odds this week uh um so uh yeah i've, I've done all right with sort of getting the corn ferry guys at big odds uh, uh across here with uh, albertson and hayden buckley over the last couple of years so last few years so um um uh so uh, i'm sort of taking the same strategy again this year but uh, uh and um yeah i believe you've picked your final tune uh ties in with uh uh mr ewan's swing i believe yeah he, he does this weird thing at the end of his swing where he, he swings it over his head like an, an helicopter you know on, um, <laughs> so i've gone with block party's helicopter uh, it's quite it's quite a familiar song to, to <laughs> some i think it's it, even if you don't know the name of the song I think it's been used for quite a lot of adverts, video games, movies over the years. So I think particularly when you listen to the beginning, it, it, it's it's quite familiar. Yeah, well, I like a bit of Block Party. So um, I'm, um, yeah, delighted to have this uh, this tune on. So, uh, and uh, yeah, my, my final selection, and I'm going with a player... You know, I mean, obviously, what we're all doing in this this game, as it were, week in week out, is we're looking for that edge, and we're looking for those little, um, you know, little nuggets that lead us to a player that make us think we've found something that no one else has found. Which, of course, is nonsense because, as you know, everyone looks at the same stats and what have you. But um, you know, when I was putting me, and we had, I guess, we had a little bit more time this week as well because, of course, we didn't have the uh, another event finishing last night. If you sort of mean, so once the field was announced on Friday, there was a little bit more time to sort of, uh, uh, you know, focus on it over the over the weekend. And um, uh, once I started looking at all the different threads that we've talked about, some correlating course form, where players are from, the green types, etc. Uh, one name that sort of popped up on a few different occasions was that of Max McGreevy's. Uh, and um, I was very pleasantly surprised to see him available at 500 to 1. So uh, I just couldn't resist. Um, and, uh, uh, I mean, if we look at McGreevy, he, he's very much, I mean, his season was built on, um, you know, two, two or three weeks, basically, last last season, which was enough to keep his card. Uh, uh, he, um, he had a runner-up finish in Puerto Rico, uh, which, um, again, from the point of view of, um, you know, performing well, if we get a bit of win this this week, um, that obviously um, uh, it is a good sign because obviously it all blow, always blows a bit in Puerto Rico. Um, and um, he is on that um, front. He is uh, um, another guy who based himself over in Texas, uh, in the Dallas area, having originally come from Oklahoma. So that ties in with that sort of wind, uh, wind link and obviously gives us that Dallas link that um, and Texas link that, say, has run through a lot of the winners here. Um, and then um, 
his performances uh, last season, uh, as I say, obviously the Puerto Rico and then his massive performance to keep his Carl at the Wyndham uh, Sedgefield, which then leads us back to these ultra dwarf Bermuda greens again. Uh, and lo and behold, his next best effort last mm-hmm. season, where he was much higher up before sort of fading slightly on the on the sort of final day or so, um, was the um, uh, Barbasol. I think he was actually halfway leader potentially. And uh, um, he ended up finishing 13th. And um, there's quite a lot of links over with the Barbasol uh, to here. Again, we've got the similar greens, um, uh, the uh, Ultra Dwarf Bermuda greens, and um, we've got uh, uh, the likes of um, Norlander, um, Ryan Armour, uh, Mullinex. Obviously, we talked about Wonder Barbasol, finished fourth here last year. Uh, Dominic Bozzelli um, performed well on both tracks. And, and um, like we often say on, on, on these pods, you know, if you start sort of saying, you know, Justin Thomas or Rory McElroy has played well at two venues and you, you know you're not really on to anything but no. if it starts linking up with the likes of Trey Malinax, Dominic Bazelli and Henrik Norlander you start thinking okay we could be on to something here and if you throw in the greens as well um uh, that was really starting to get me interested with Max uh and as I say you, you know the Dallas link the performance on at the Wyndham um uh and then um to boot we have a uh, top 10 uh at the um uh the uh, Victoria National event um uh in his previous uh season when he was finishing off on the corn ferry so um and, and he looks like i mean whilst he throws in loads of missed cuts uh he looks like a player who has something about him um when he does get in the hunt when he has a big week he doesn't look afraid he wasn't afraid at puerto rico particularly uh he certainly wasn't afraid when he did what he needed to do at the Wyndham to secure his card uh and he's won on the corn ferry as well in 2021 so um so yeah, five hundred to one for someone who knows how to win an event and has got uh, form on the right type of courses um, and comes from the sort of area I'm looking for uh, was um, very much of interest to me. I mean, he missed the cut here last year, but um, I think he shot sixty-eight second round, so I'm, I'm not going to lose too much sleep on that. So, so yeah, five hundred to one, one point each way. Max McGreevy, my final selection for the week. So um, um, yeah, is, is he a player who um, you've? Um, sort of, you know, caught your eye much last year, I guess, when he performed as he did at the Wyndham, he caught a lot of people. Uh, He's a player I came across a lot on the Corn Ferry Tour a couple of years ago. I think he, I think I had him lose a playoff at something like 150 to 1. I've got a story about all of these, all these Corn Ferry Tour players, (laughs) the story went back to when they finished second or third or thrown a story to where, what I remember from that is, he's quite an emotional guy, I think. Um, But I think, again, he, he has a bit of something about him, a bit of, Bit of bottle, um, as you say, the way he, uh, he retained his card last year and stuff. Yeah, so so yeah, I just I mean five hundred to one. Obviously, we're not looking for a win. We would uh, be absolutely delighted with a place. I mean, a win obviously would uh, uh, be um, you know better of the uh, century, but um, uh, uh, a place would be uh, absolutely fantastic. So um, and he's you know, he placed twice last season. So um, y- you know, I'm more than happy to um, uh, to chance him. Uh, and uh, my final song pick um, comes from for no other reason that the first part of the word is Max. Um, I'm going with a, a Maximo Park. Park tune. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Maximo Park or if they're another, Vaguely, another band. Yeah, yeah you, well, this this one is from their um, Our Earthly Pleasures 2007 album. Uh, it's called Books from Boxes, uh, and uh, it's a cracking little tune. Um, and um, yeah, if you don't know it, um, uh, give it a listen. They're a they're a Geordie band. Um, or from yeah, the I thought they were. And, 
yeah, and um, the lead singer is a really good sort of lyricist, and um, yeah, um, as I say, this is uh, just a really great song. So, um, so I think that wraps up our picks and our musical picks. Um, just um, uh, time to briefly uh, round up the free bet. As you know, we give away a five pound free bet each week um, for the person who picks the best tune to um, sit, uh, obviously, alongside this week's um, event or last week's event. Um, as I say every week to listeners, you've got to be in it to win it. So we get uh, our hardcore of followers each week who put selections in. So um, uh, let's see a few new faces. But um, this week, I'm giving the um, the bets to Matt Round. Um, so, uh, Matt, thank you. I know you often put selections in. Uh, and um, Matt has gone with um, uh, a um, fairly obvious song title. Um, but I'm always happy to have some Johnny Cash on the pod. Uh, and he's gone with a song by Jackson. Oh, sorry, called Jackson by Johnny Cash. And um, I'd rather be having Johnny Cash and Jackson than some Michael Jackson or whatever. So, um, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it's um, Jackson by Johnny Cash. So, um, thank you, Matt. And uh, uh, obviously, um, are we messaging you about your free bet? So, um, so let's have a quick recap. Um, Jamie, run us through your bets again this week. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we've got Sepp Stracker at 40 to 1, Gary Woodland at 50 to 1, Brendan Steele at 66 to 1, Will Gordon at 100 to 1, Davis Thompson at 125 to 1, and Kyle Yuan at 125 to 1. Brilliant. And uh, no one at two figures at all for me. Uh, six players, Will Gordon, um, same as Jamie, 100 to 1. Uh, Hayden Buckley, 125 to 1. SH Kim at 100 to 1. Um, uh, Vincent Norman, 175 to 1. And then Max McGreevy at 500 to 1. All one point each way, all fifth of the odds, first eight. So, uh, and musically, just um, uh, run us through your tunes again. Uh, yeah, Jamie? we have Hurt and Soul by Twin Atlantic, Bomber by Motorhead, and Helicopter by Block Party. Fantastic. And um, my picks for the week musically are, uh, this is a bit where I always forget my songs, yeah, Kim World, Kids in America, uh, after the uh, world performance from the Kims. Um, we have, uh, what do we have? Uh, we have Manson, Take It Easy Chicken, in honour of the Sanderson Farms Chicken. Uh, we have Shorty by the Wannadies, um, great Swedish band for Vince Norman. Uh, Books from Boxers by Maximo Park, um, in honour of Max McGreevy. Uh, and the listener selection, uh, some Johnny Cash and Jackson, selected by Matt Round. Um, no pod next week, so I'm moving house. So uh, yeah, I'll be um, I'll be uh, unpacking books from boxes next week. So uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to hopefully be getting a preview out. Um, might be a bit more of an abbreviated preview. I'm not even sure if I'm Wi-Fi next Monday, uh, but uh, no pod unfortunately, which is a shame because the Shriners is one of my favourite events um, after Martin Laird a couple of years ago. Um, but um, yeah, I'll certainly be getting some picks out there. So uh, the pod will be back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but um, thank you all for listening as always. Jamie, it's been a huge pleasure to have you on. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's been great to have you on. A remind um, everyone where they can find your stuff and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, on Twitter you can find me at jworsley89 and my previews are on Betting Gods UK. Brilliant. Um, 
Jamie's previews are a must read his previews and follow his uh um his tips from the various other uh tools around the world the lpga the japanese tour if you want, want to make a few quid then uh, uh jamie's your man for those uh those those tours doing fantastic stuff this season so yeah jamie thank you so much for coming on um thank you everyone for listening um let's uh be lucky um and um bet responsibly and don't forget to turn the music up loud and uh good luck for the week everyone and we'll see you all again next week and jamie thank you very much and good night goodbye